0: Welcome back to an episode of Hear and Obey, where we are talking through the passage of Scripture that was just preached on Sunday, and doing so with a view to being affected by God's Word, changed by the the meaning and significance of it. We want to be not just hearers only, but doers of the Word. I'm Ryan Chase, one of the pastors at Emmaus Road Church, joined today with Matt Groon, and uh, we are going to be in Exodus 3. 16, all the way through chapter 4, verse 17. It's a big portion of Scripture. I think it's important to read it um, and to hear it. There's something about hearing God's Word. As Paul says in Romans 10, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of Christ. So let me read this. This is in the middle of Moses' encounter with God at the burning bush as God is revealing himself. He's he's just revealed his name to Moses and he says, chapter 3, verse 16, go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac and of Jacob has appeared to me saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt. And I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, a land flowing And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go empty. But each woman shall ask of her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing. You shall put them on your sons and your daughters. So you shall plunder the Egyptians. Then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it. And it became a staff in his hand that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, O my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people and he shall be your mouth and you shall be as God to him and take in your hand this staff with which you shall do the signs. Father, we pray that you would sanctify us according to your truth. Your word is truth in Jesus name. Amen. So this wraps up the burning bush moment. From here, very next verse, Moses went back to Jethro. So this is the end of the encounter. I think we've spent three weeks Mm -hmm. at the burning bush. Mm -hmm. A lot packed in here. We could spend spend a lot longer. But uh, as we conclude Moses' encounter with God at the burning bush, what stands out to you, strikes you about this, this narrative and the way it's
1: communicated Yeah, hearing it again, um, you just get, you can't help but feel the sense of just recognizing God's patience with Moses um, and just Mm. (laughs) bearing with him as he walks him through this. And also just recognizing God always and here speak or reveals himself both in word and in deed. Mm. He he says what he, his name, he says who he is, and then he gives signs and Mm. he acts. So you could think that. In the small, are in the big and small, in the big, right, right before this section, God has revealed His name. He's spoken to Moses, and now here, Moses asks for signs, and He gives him signs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, this is both word and deed. But yeah. man, it's just interesting how, again, we have almost like a foreshadowing of, like, again, God is indicating, <clears throat> almost calling his shot. Like you're going to go back to them, and you're going to ask them to leave. You're going to ask Pharaoh. You're going to meet with the elders. You're going to ask Pharaoh to leave, and he's not going to let you. And so we read that, and we you know one might be tempted if you were writing the story would say, well, God is obviously powerful. We know who he is. So why don't you just go back, ask him nicely, and I will show my power in the fact that you ask nicely. You guys can all leave. Yeah. But instead, God writes in the story beforehand, giving mm-hmm. Moses kind of opening mm-hmm. his lens a little bit to show no you're, you're going to ask and you're going to be told no mm-hmm. and it's actually going to get worse yeah. <laughs> and in that there's a better story Yes. Yeah. in that now is the opportunity for him to stretch out his mighty arm and to show both to the Egyptians and to the Israelites mm-hmm. who this God really is in both word and, and deed and, 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 and you yeah. see that again we keep referencing Genesis 15 because that God made this to Abraham he made yeah. these promises to Abraham saying you're going to go and be enslaved for yeah. your people your, your children 400, 400 years, years. But then I will bring them out. And so you might think, well, what the heck? Why?" <laughs> if I were writing the story, why? Yeah. And it was for me and my, quote, unquote, my people. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't put them in slavery for 400 years. Yeah. And yet somehow their suffering is the means to a bigger and better, more glorious better story. story. And it just, I think your, your, your sermon on Sunday was just so helpful in that. In that, it shows us we as humans, I mean, even Moses is getting... The, the big picture. He's getting, right. Abraham was told, Moses is told, but Moses is fighting the fight of faith mm-hmm. to believe mm-hmm. that God is that God, that he would do it, that that all this is going to come true, and that this is better somehow. Yeah. There's no way they're going to believe I me. Mean, there's no way this, you know, all these things, excuses, this unbelief is piling up. Yeah. And God graciously keeps showing him um, the, like you said, the relativeness of his problems mm. to what God is doing, mm. which is just. Comparable. Yeah. Incomparable. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you land on that, the the
0: better story that God is writing. For us to see that in this story and mm-hmm. all the stories throughout Scripture it frames our view of God and our expectation of how he's going to work in our yes. lives. Because yeah. I think it sets us up for a lot of frustration, bitterness, mm-hmm. disappointment, um, confusion, yeah. when things don't go our way. And, and it just makes sense in our mind rationally, well, why wouldn't God do it this way? This way seems so much better. Um, and, and just to always have that thought in the back of our minds when we're going through hard things, could it be Yeah. God has reasons for this I don't yet see and understand? Could, could it be that God knows how to bring about my greatest possible experience of his glory and his power and his deliverance and his, mm-hmm. his greatness mm-hmm. through things that I would have not written into the story. Right. If it was up to me, Right?
1: <laughs> might <laughs> he know what he's doing? Right. It is. I think it's Elizabeth Elliot who says, to, you know, at the core of this ultimately is do we trust God that he's good? Yeah. And that he has good for me. Yeah. I think she said, you know, at the end of my days, I'll look back like in, you know, in heaven, when when I go to be with the Lord and I look back on my whole life, I will see that all of it. You know, I, I think she says I would have it no other way, and that's 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 the life of faith because that looks forward. That mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that's saying I don't experience that right now, right? And I have no way of seeing or or like even I have a hard time even trusting right now in this moment my experience is such, but I'm looking forward to a day that mm-hmm. I trust when I look back that these promises. Of God are true and good, I think you said it right, like you cannot get around faith. You cannot get around the need for faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so, tr- it's so, it's so tactile for us, isn't it? Yeah. Like suffering is so immediate. Right. And it has so, it's just happening. And it's got that feel, like, you know, when you get, I remember, you know, you get hit in the head, like you stand up and you hit your head on a beam or something. And <laughs> as I have, in yeah, it's <laughs> there's this like flash of color and like you just don't (laughs) stars right you just don't even know what's happening around you Mm -hmm. and I feel like suffering can have that feeling that disorienting effect right and it can be short term Mm -hmm. like an immediate thing or it can be seasons of of, of waves of that chronic and prolonged exactly and and it requires that type of hope that's outside of myself and in the future and and that's why
0: faith is unavoidable because faith is a future oriented thing and we are by God's design creatures who exist in time and space. And so there's, there's no way for us to get to the future or live out the future Mm -hmm. before it it comes. Mm -hmm. But suffering is very present and here and now. And so you contrast those two things, what I see and feel and experience and rationalize right now versus what God is saying about the future. No wonder what I feel right now feels mm-hmm. so much more real. Right. Because that's what I see
1: and that's yep. what I can understand and wrap my head around.
0: And, and we're temporal beings. Like right. you
1: said, we're we're bound into right now. All I have is what's in front of me. I don't yeah. have the yeah. outside of the scope looking in at the ball. I just have the, the it's panning in front of me and that's all I get. Yep. And so then God's
0: promises come along. Mm. He, here's what I will do. Here's what shall happen. Yeah. You, you shall not leave... Empty handed, mm-hmm. you shall plunder them, they will believe you. Th- these are all future things. Yeah. And so Moses, you know, th- it's just such a powerful picture of the fight of faith that we each live through. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not to this level of, you know, <laughs> right. leading a, in a nation out of slavery mm-hmm. f- from a, a, a world superpower, but um, on a small scale, we each live through this every day right. the the battle to to trust god and so the assurances god comes to moses with these assurances like you said at the root it comes down to trusting that god is good mm-hmm. that god is great and mm-hmm. powerful that he can do these things mm-hmm. so when god comes and he says i have seen their affliction i know what has been done to them he's he's coming with these assurances of his goodness and his care and his in- his intention toward them to work for their good. I am going to deliver you. So whatever else happens, whatever else I do along the way,
1: don't forget this. I am leading you out. Right. And I think you pointed this out on Sunday, which was excellent, but like what you witness in this text with this, this back and forth between God and Moses is Moses wrestling with the reality of what does he believe more? Yeah. Who, who does he believe is bigger Yeah, this god in this bush that is talking to him mm-hmm. or the leader the supreme ruler of the world yeah. who has been subjugating who he knows better than probably most people having grown up in his household yeah. he knows his cruelty he, know, he knows all that well it'd be his son scratch yeah. that. but Right. Same thing. He he knows the Egyptian way, and he knows yeah. how, like you said, they're depicted in just slaughtering and what they've done to his people. Mm-hmm. So he's wrestling. You just witness in the text, right. and I think you were right. We're quick to say, "Come on, Moses, just believe." Hmm. Well, hold on. <laughs> well, Jonah had the same issue, yeah, and he was to be sent to the Assyrians, who in some might say are worse and more cruel, mm. and he just bails and he yeah. goes the opposite direction. <laughs> and we often think, "Come on, Jonah, right, right, like come on." Well. <laughs> You know, set yourself... Part of reading Old Testament narrative, mm. I think what's helpful for, for me, set, setting my... I need to know the context and then set myself in there. Yeah. And then also have a realistic view of myself. Right. As if I don't know the whole story and put myself in a character in that... We always cast ourselves as the hero. Yeah. Um, if I were yeah. Moses, I would have believed the first time. If I were Adam, <laughs> I would have crushed the snake's Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay, great. But... The reality is, is we witness Moses having this, this fight of faith between, do I believe what this promise is or what I know Pharaoh to be and what he would do?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it takes him a while. It takes this, yeah. you know. Five questions and objections. And God gives him words yeah. and God gives him signs. Yes, yeah, word indeed. It's just God a,
0: speaks and God acts. Yeah. To address each one. So so the patience of God is on full display, which we're only going to see more of as the narrative goes, how incredibly patient God is with his people all the way through the desert, through hundreds of years of Israel's history to come. He is just incredibly patient.
1: And it's going to be always in the story and in our own lives. The question of, and this is what your point was, what's the perspective here? Is God bigger than... The problems I'm facing, or the problems that I feel and experience, bigger than God, because mm-hmm. as the story goes, they're going to be brought out of Egypt, and they're going to grumble because they can't eat, yeah. or they're, you know, what we should you should bring us out here to die, God, right? <laughs> you know, and then He gives them food, and so you see this. It's a pivot in the human soul is a pivoting between am I God or is God God? Right. And I think that's what you said too is at the core of this highlighted in verse. Um, uh, what is it? Verse nineteen, the Lord said that the Hebrews, um, let us journey out into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord mm-hmm. our God. At the core of this is worship. Yeah. At the core of the human soul is worship. Yeah. We're created by God to be birds, to mm-hmm. be worshiping beings. And so the question always is not whether, but which. Whether we're going to worship worship is not the question. It's which God are we going right. to worship. Nine times out of 10, my inclination is myself. Right. <laughs> and I've got a better plan. Yeah. You don't understand God. I'm experiencing this, mm. rather than the God who stands overall, who is worthy of that worship. Yeah,
0: and and who are you? You know, worship is who or what you regard as great mm. and worthy. awesome and yeah. worthy. Who you fear, mm-hmm. and so really, there's a battle of worship going on in Moses's heart Absolutely. here. Who does he fear? Who does he <laughs> revere? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that has to be settled first. Mm-hmm. I, I think. Um, you know, behind the scenes, in preaching preparation, one of the questions that I d- devote a lot of time to in my preparation is trying to wrap my head around what is the fallen condition yes. focus, we, FCF we call it, mm-hmm. um, the, the fallen con- condition focus of this text, the, the condition we are in because of sin um, that we can all relate to. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, wrestling through, is it this, is it that, what... what Clicked for me was um, the, here's a picture of the fight of faith that we can all relate to, and like you were saying, there's no point in piling on Moses. Right. And, you know, Moses, what an idiot! And why don't you just believe the first time? And why do you have so many questions? And but to put ourselves there and, and realize, aren't we the exact same way in much smaller circumstances? Where here, Moses has audibly, which is you know, what we all say. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had some audible word from God? Would well, that would just solve all our problems or he he has audible promises from God and they, they fall flat. Mm. He, God is stirred to anger at him by the end Mm. (laughs) because he is sinfully disbelieving what God has explicitly told him. And, and I can just relate to that. I I know what it's like to open my Bible and read a promise from God, looking for some comfort and just kind of go, I don't know, not helping. Yeah, and, and that why is it not helping? Yeah. It's it's not that I didn't know the promise or or didn't hear the promise. It's it's that
1: my view of God is deficient. Right. That I think in what might be helpful too is a, a New Testament New Testament example of this. Like we were just to write this off. Well, he didn't have Christ. He didn't have yeah um, Acts chapter ten. Peter on the roof of um, yeah uh, I forget whose whose roof it was. Simon's. That's is it, it. Tanner. Yeah. He he's on the roof. And he wakes up, and God gives him three visions—the same vision three times—of the heavens opening up, and God Himself commanding audibly, Peter, "Go and eat. Go eat the meat, which would have been, but for a Jew, that have been blasphemous." And he just keeps saying, "Surely not. Surely not. Can't (laughs) do it. Sorry. Hard pass." (laughs) And he does that. that Vision happens three times, and then when Cornelius is hassled, when the the guard the the messengers from Cornelius come to the house he's staying at, and they call Peter down. The text says, and Peter, remember, this the same the same vision, three times with God saying, go over there and eat that meat. Mm-hmm. And Peter's saying, no, no, no. And then the verse that says, Peter, still wondering what the, ver- the vision meant, went down. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. you just... We're slow. We're slow. Sin has... And that's Peter... New birth. Mm-hmm. He's not the same Peter before the resurrection. He's a different Peter who's now the Spirit's fallen on the same Peter who stood up at Pentecost and preached and spoke in spoken tongues and all mm-hmm. the rest. Like, we think, okay, that's Peter and the founder of the church and all this stuff, right? Well, even he wrestled yeah. mightily with promises mm-hmm. because it went against what his tradition, what his whole mm-hmm. body, what he'd been raised training. to. Training, yeah. Exactly. So we we are not... Immune from yeah. this type of wrestling with yeah. God, and I think if we're honest with ourselves, we experience this daily because yeah. um, we have a clear word. Mm-hmm. We have a clear—the voice of God has spoken utterly clearly in this text. And yet, how often do I just mm-hmm. brush it aside, or as you, as you said, just I read it, and it just falls flat. It's yeah. just oh, no, I got to go. It's not so, working. It's not working. I got to go somewhere else. I yeah. need to get. I need to go listen to some music yeah. or find some other way I, to gin up that emotion I, you know I, I think personally uh, this has
0: had a profound effect on me just in the last few days realizing mm-hmm. when I read God's word and feel very um, little affection or mm-hmm. feel like I'm not moved much to to know right away to, how, how to diagnose oh how am I thinking about God yeah. N- not just what he says but who he is and and to start there he is greater than I realize he is he is good Mm -hmm. better than I realize Um, and then go back to the promise with that conviction of how great God is I I think you know I said this on Sunday but um, of all that God reveals about himself his power over the nations and his ability to provide for his people miraculously Mm -hmm. the fact that he just deals so patiently with us when we read ourselves into the story there and see in Moses and his unbelief and his questions and objections and doubts and sin, that that's me. I, I know exactly what that, what that's like. Um, I can be so slow to believe. Jesus says that often. Oh, you of little faith, slow of heart to yes. believe. That that is us in our fallen condition.
1: Um, and they're and slow to believe what? All that the prophets had spoken. That's exactly right. They they had failed and slow to believe what God had. Revealed. revealed. Yeah. And it's not. It's right there. He spoke the, he said it. Right. In the text, which those guys had, they had a written text. But think of the same could be said to Moses, who got a burning yeah. bush experience, yeah. right? Same thing could be said to Peter, who got this vision. The yeah. same thing could be said to the prophets who were like to Jonah who says, uh, nope, hard pass, I'm leaving.
0: And the generation of Jews to whom God yeah. appeared in the flesh. That's right. Yes. Took on flesh, walked among them, yeah. spoke, taught. We've seen his glory and yeah. we rejected him. And they and they <laughs> turned away. I mean it's that that's us, and so the fact that God reveals His, uh, He will fulfill His purpose to be believed. He will be trusted. Right. He He will win for Himself a people right. by delivering them from Egypt and by overcoming their their doubts and their unbelief. And and that's what he that's what he has done for each of us. It just it's so humbling. It's so comforting and encouraging to know how patient he is. And, and not as an excuse for unbelief. I think that there's a danger oh, yeah. There. This, yeah, This didn't make it into the sermon, and maybe I should have in, inserted it somewhere, but there was a, a woman, blogger, writer, author, um, Rachel Held Evans. Mm. She passed away several years ago now. And I, I remember her Twitter bio was something like doubt-filled believer or something right. like that. That's how she called herself. And, and she was one of the big voices in kind of a, a trend that has really grown in the deconstruction movement mm-hmm. where people want right. to say like they want to redefine faith mm-hmm. faith is having doubts yeah, that's faith is not knowing faith is having all these questions and being skeptical and not being convinced and and so they totally redefine faith right um it, certainly there's an aspect of faith that we don't see faith is being sure of what we hope for right. certain about what we do not see hebrews 11 1 but but in Scripture, it's defined as being certain yeah. of what we do not see. So, yes, we don't see it, but we're certain about it because God has said it. And these people yeah. want to redefine faith as, you know, they, they would t- take this Moses encounter and say, that's raw, real faith, you know, yeah. just all your doubts and your questions. And they would skip over the fact that God is angry with <laughs> Moses. Right. It's, so it's not an excuse to mm. remain there. It, it tells us when we are in that place and we catch it and realize, mm. I'm, I'm not believing God. And how do I know? Because... His promises have no effect on me. My, my fears, my worries, my sin, my disobedience, you know, wh- whatever the attitude of unbelief is that's rising up in me, his, his words not having any effect on me. So I know I'm not believing
1: yeah. and that's not okay. Yeah. I should repent and believe. Yeah. Most are, uh, Paul in Romans 4, describe, when describing Abraham says, because Abraham, remember, total unbeliever, God just drops out of the sky basically and says, yeah. all right, go, <laughs> go over there. I'll tell you when to stop. <laughs> and Paul says in Romans 4, Romans 4, 20 and 21, that no unbelief made no, he had no unbelief made him waver. He was unwavering in his conviction that God would do what he said he was going to yeah. do. Unwavering, no wavering. That, that is the type of faith that is celebrated right. in the Bible. And so, and I, as you were speaking earlier about the patience of God, mm-hmm. this might be a, this is a stretch of, of application to let me know, but it just landed on me in this way as you were describing that. Just in recent, the the fight of faith that is parenting. Mm. Um, that I, if there's one thing I fight constantly, it's patience with my kids. Mm. Um, why don't you guys get it? <laughs> why, why, why don't you just stop whining? Just be grateful. You know, when yeah. you're when you feel this emotion of ungrati- of ingratitude, fight it with gratitude. You know this. Yeah, and, I'm and just, I should just tell you once and you get it right. <laughs> I don't care if you're two, almost three, like grow up, you know? Yeah. And there's this constant fight of faith in my own soul of just putting to death that patience. Mm. And this has such a humbling effect on me because it says, how often does God do this with you? Yeah. How often does God look on your doubt and your unbelief and your mm. impatience with your own kids mm-hmm. and say, I've been patient with you mm. first? Into to a degree that you can't even comprehend that, that lands on me and says, I, that, that helps me mm. when I feel that oh, yeah. heat in the emotion of, oh, just, you know, just leave me alone or just, yeah. you know, whatever, fill in the blank dads and moms, you can, <laughs> right. you know, that feeling that it gives me a, there's a pause to think, what has Christ done for me? Mm. And what has His Word said? The promises for me are that I am constantly walking mm-hmm. at and walking away at. Like, because I look at my my son and just say, like, why don't you trust me that this yeah. is better for you <laughs> to not do what you're doing? Yeah. Um, and he totally he he is learning, but it, it's a process. Mm-hmm. And I just I gotta turn that. And and you upward. don't quit in the right. process. That's that's exactly right. I, I think I had this conversation with forget who I was talking with but um, it might actually been in my ethics class where they asked me about parenting which was weird but I just said the reality of like I can't give up Mm -hmm. that these are my kids that Mm -hmm. I can't hand them off to anybody else these are God has put me in Mm -hmm. has put me in a position of being responsible for them yeah so giving up is not an option and but yet I fight the fight of faith God never feels that temptation to give up on yeah incredible Mm
0: -hmm. no I, I think that's totally appropriate Application because what happens when we behold God for who He is, we become like Him. Mm. We, we are transformed. We, become, we grow right. in godliness by beholding who He is. So when I'm impatient, I am not mindful of the patience of God in those moments. Mm. And the remedy is not just to clench my fists and tell myself, be more patient. That's the right. remedy is consider the patience of God toward you. Mm. Same thing when we're struggling with bitterness and we're having a hard time forgiving somebody. The remedy is... Consider how much God has forgiven you when when your heart is affected by that you will extend forgiveness yeah. so you, you will show patience to others to the degree that you are aware that God is patient with you
1: and going back to your introduction it's all a matter of perspective yeah the giraffe can look massive mm-hmm. when put but not when put up next to the, the blue whale yeah. <laughs> and that's where my I think of uh, my frustration and my impatience with my kids mm-hmm. compare that with what God has done for me his, his patience, mm. his kindness, mm. his activity mm. towards me while I was not just like waiting to be saved, but running right. in rebellion. Yeah, that is yeah. that has a humbling. I mean, oh, that's yeah. what humility is. It's a it's a recognition of the right perspective. It's that's everything right. going back into its own yeah. spots. Yeah. And that has a, a balming effect on my soul and also a, a sharp mm-hmm. <laughs> chill out. Yeah. Convicting. Yeah.
0: Changing and transformational. Mm. Absolutely. What a text. Incredible. Yeah. Anytime God is revealing himself, um, which he does throughout all the pages of scripture, mm. uh, we have we have our, our encounters with God are transformational. Mm. To, to see him as he is, speaking and acting, mm. word and deed, it's impossible to behold him and believe him and, and not be changed yeah. by him. So uh, I am. Grateful for the effect this word is having on me mm. this week. Yes, and um, I needed it. prayed that it would have the same effect on the people of Emmaus Road Church. Yes. Amen. Amen.